Hey guys, Trenton Cruz here, lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church and host of Unified right here in Jackson, Missouri. I'm so glad that you joined with us today on this episode of Unified, whether you're checking this out on our Rumble channel or our podcast. Thank you so much for joining with us. What I wanted to do is make sure that this episode, I want you to use discretion when you watch. Make sure that you watch before you allow your children in the room to watch. Not because we intended to be ungodly or anything, but because what we do on Unified is talk about real people making a real difference. And so everything that they're getting ready to talk about in this particular episode did happen to them in real life, but there may be some things that you consider inappropriate for your children to be listening to. So I want to go ahead and give you that discretion right here up front. But other than that, that's all I got to say. Enjoy today's episode. God bless. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Hey guys, welcome back to Unified right here on our Rumble channel or our podcast, wherever you're checking this out. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church here in Jackson, Missouri. want to welcome you and thank you for tuning with us today. As you can tell, I am not alone at the table. I've got several friends around me. Uh, on to my right over here, I have Miss Lisa Lambert. To my other person on the right, I've got Mr. Devin Fountain and Mr. Daniel Glasgow, all of which you have seen on Unified before. If you want to check out any of their individual interviews, they are also available right here on this Rumble channel. So uh, we're going to get ready to get started. Today's topic, uh, we're going to talk about deliverance. Deliverance from, in particular today, everyone around me here has been delivered from homosexuality. Uh, was one of the big sins, and really, we've talked about it a little bit. It's really got to do with sexual sin, is what it has to do, and all what boils down to. But what I wanted to do on this episode was to give you an opportunity to hear just a discussion. This is going to be real table talk. We're just going to talk. We're going to let each of them share their testimonies, talk, discuss. Because what we want to do, we're not doing this show to condemn you for any reason. The only reason we are doing this show is to let you know that there is deliverance, true deliverance in Jesus Christ. And it is available to you as well. It's not just available for those of us here at the table, myself included, but it is available for you. So thank you so much for joining with us today. I am going to let each of them go ahead and give themselves a quick introduction, and then we will get started with our show. So Lisa, you want to go first? Sure, thanks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pick on me. (laughs) Well, I'm Lisa Lambert, and the Lord Jesus Christ set me free from homosexuality in 2011, May 2011. And um, I don't want to go into my testimony. I want to give everybody else a chance to introduce themselves, and I'm so grateful to be here. And um, yeah, like Pastor said, it's, it's, it's a sexual immorality across the board. Um, it's, we're not here to just pick at homosexuality. We want to tell our testimony and just give you hope, let you know you're loved, and the Lord Jesus loves you just as much as he does us. All right, Devin, go ahead. Well, my name is Devin Fountain. Um, I'm a member here at Next Level Freedom Church. 
the Lord delivered me from homosexuality and and gender identity disorder uh, about the time of 2018. Amen. And um, ever since then, by the grace of God, been running. Sometimes I had to crawl, mm. but I've been trying to run. And, uh, and Daniel, go ahead. I'm Daniel Glasgow. Uh, the Lord delivered me from homosexuality on uh, January 13th of 2020. Amen. All right. Amen. So uh, I want to give them a chance to go ahead and uh, discuss. Who would like to go first? Who would like to start sharing kind of your deliverance? Everybody's pointing at least. Why is everybody picking on me? Wasn't that a song? Why is everybody always picking on me? Ladies first. Okay, ladies first. Okay, I will receive Ladies that. first. There you go. Well, in 2011, now my story might, because I don't really know where to start in my story, because, um, God, all the way back from my childhood, um, I was raised in a home that was very violent, um, very sexual. Um, so um, first time I was raped was, so I was 16 months old, my mother told me later. Um, I was sexually molested and abused by men and women. Um, I found pornography in my parents' bedroom at age, um, I think I was like seven. And I remember opening the, the uh, pornographic magazine and seeing two women together. And there was something inside my belly that stirred. It was kind of a tickle, like a feel-good tickle. And I thought, wow, what is that? You know what I mean? But it made me feel good. There was something there. I didn't understand any of that stuff. Um, I experimented um, with um, family, non-family, as kids do sometimes, they experiment. Um, and then when I got older, um, I explored it further. And I remember the first time that I was with a woman and immediately after us having sex, I was like, I felt like, oh my God, I found myself. This is who I am. Oh my gosh, this is who I am. I found myself. You know what I mean? I felt like I was free, if that makes sense, for free for me at that time. Um, so I went further into it, and I came out. You hear that a lot in the gay community. I came out um, full-blown, loud and proud. Um, looking back on it now, there was a combination of things. Um, knowing who Satan is, and he is the deceiver. Mm. At an early age, I was already being molested and raped. Um, so there was already things happening to me and being done to me. And I remember the, the voices whispering, there's something different about you. There's something wrong with you. Um, you know what I mean? That shame, that condemnation. Um, so I hid that. Um, I struggled with it all my life, especially in high school. Mm. It was absolutely horrid in high school because all the girls were going after guys. But my attraction was for women. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. And I just hid that, and I, yeah. I felt like I suffered with that, thinking, what is wrong with something's not right with me? And I was raised in Benton, Illinois, and Benton, Illinois was a very small town, still is, population 6,000. Mm. There wasn't even black people lived in that town. It was a very prejudiced, very tight-knit community, mm. and you did not hear about homosexuals. You didn't hear about black people. You just did not hear about that. You didn't discuss right. things like that. So I didn't have any education as to what it was, what mm. was going on with me, anything like that. Looking back on it now, I feel like it was a combination of things. My environment, the things that was uh, surrounding me all the time, 24 hours a day. I also see it was a spiritual, spiritual attack. You know, I mean, the mm. Bible says that when... The, to become one. I think it's mm -hmm. talking about a prostitute. They become one. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of 
intercourse and put it mm-hmm. that way. And I mean, whatever was afflicting that person was put on and in me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, and I remember actually as I got older, things that used to not, um, I'll say things that I used to not enjoy, like porn- pornographic things. I used to hate por- pornographic things when I was in my 20s. But then as I exposed myself more to it because of partners I was with, mm. I began to like it. Mm-hmm. And I began to go way over into enjoying gay porn. Um, there was things that I found disgusting at first, and all of a sudden I liked it. Yep. Mm, yep. S&M, mm. things like that. And that's true to this day that what we choose to partake of, even as a Christian, mm-hmm. we, will, we will desensitize ourselves to it. Yep. Mm. And we yep. feed ourselves. It's like yeah. you're sitting at a table. If you keep yeah. sitting at a table with steak dinner and you hate steak dinner, pretty soon you're going to think, that steak looks pretty good. Yeah. And I'm going to take a bite, and it may not taste good <clears throat> at first, but hey, you know what? Next time I take a bite, it's good. Well, then it's a little tasty. If I, wow. You know what I mean? It's the same wow. thing in life. What we partake of, we feed ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I came out loud and proud, as they say, in the in the gay community in uh, my 20s, and um Originally, uh, I came here in Cape Girardeau when I was 18, so I had a reputation. I, I live in Jackson now, but people know me. They knew me then. That, that's what's amazing about this is because people knew me. I had a reputation in gay bars. I had a reputation in straight bars. That I mean, so much so as being, um, I don't know what you call it, um, I conquered. That was my thing. I, I got my thrill off of conquering single women, mm. heterosexual women. It was like a conquering thing. If I was attracted to them and they told me they weren't attracted to me, I said in my mind I would have you, and I did. Mm. I had a lot of straight, and I ruined a lot of people. And mm. I believe to this day God's forgiven me, and he's working that out. Mm. I don't, you know, I may have to face something for that later. I don't know, but I know that I ruined a lot of people knowing I did. Broke up mm. relationships, marriages, um, but it was a conquering thing for me. I would uh, go to the straight bar in Cape Girardeau, several of them. I'm not going to name names. And people would come up to me that I didn't even know. And they'd be like, are you Lisa Lambert? And I'd be like, yeah, why? Can you take me home just for one night? I mean, that's, that's you know what I mean? So for Lord to set me free from it in 2011, and these same people know me now, they're just like, you know, I have a couple of friends of mine now that I'm friends with on Facebook that um, know the change. And they're actually attending church now, a different mm-hmm. church, um, because of my deliverance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get into more of that. I don't want to hog all the yeah, show. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I feel no. like I got off on a tangent there. No, so. it's good. It's good. And she actually hit on a lot of things right there. You know, just that, that statement. She hit on soul ties. That once you're with someone, that piece of them is always with you. Yes. And the only way to get set free of that is God. God yeah. delivers yeah. you. God sets your soul free. Yes, sir. Um, she talked about... You know, where we get into repetitive sin, I guess is one way to put it, to where you look at something, it's not so bad, then all of a sudden you start seeing yourself doing it more and more and more. And the next thing you know, you're way in deep and you're looking back like, what yeah. what happened? How did I get here? Well, it started with a little seed. Yes. And then it grew yeah. from there. That's right. I actually think this is, a, this is a good way to go um, because she's given the story where she was at. We'll get to deliverances in a minute. So, Devin, where were you at? We'll talk about how you got delivered 
as we go along. Tell, tell them where you were at so that way they understand, hey, we're just, that's the point of Unified. We're real people yeah. making a real difference. God chose <laughs> to use us. He didn't have to, Amen. but he did. Yeah. And all we Amen. did was say yes. Go ahead, Devin. Uh, Are you saying like where I, in general or where I was like at a specific time? Anytime you, like she just gave part of her testimony, oh, where wow. you were at when you were in the sin. However much you feel like you should share. Yeah. Well, it was, they need to hear. It was introduced to me through molestation, um, experimenting with uh, other females. Sexual morality was first introduced to me. I, but my first memory, I believe it was with a female. I believe. Um, I was probably around five or six, maybe. Mm. And um, it... I don't know, it, it did something to my mind. You know what I mean? Because I don't remember a day that has gone by where the word sex or the act of sex hasn't come to my mind at least one time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so for me, it was, like I said, it was introduced to me at a very young age. Uh, some older kids that we hung around introduced it to some younger kids and got us involved in it. Then, um, I don't remember, I can remember the first time I was molested by a male, but um, it was the first time I was very close to me. And um, it, it really, it really, I think what did it for me was when I told my family and they didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was blamed for it and they really didn't have all the details. They just knew what the person had said, the reason why the person said that he done it, which was a lie. He just told mm-hmm. them so he wouldn't have to expose what he had been through. He didn't want to talk about what he had been through. So, mm-hmm. and not only was I molested by a male, I was molested by a female too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, I mean, I've been through Oh God! I mean, just all type of different sexual stuff, man. And in, um, in two thousand, well, I struggled with pedophilia for a long time. And in two thousand eight, um, two thousand nine, I was sentenced to two. I, well, two thousand eight, I was uh, in July, I believe. I was already in the county jail for a failure to appear at the court. For a class D felony, uh, leaving the scene of an accident, and um, mm. at that time I wasn't aware of it, but they were um, conjuring up. I guess you could use that word, conjuring up a case, not conjuring, but developing a case, um, getting together a case. Uh, uh, the charge that I was charged with pedophilia, I had nine counts, nine to twelve counts of pedophilia, and they dropped it down to three. Um, mm. so, some of it was sex, uh, some of it was statutory rape, other was statutory sodomy. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! And the victims were five, seven, and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the a female was five, a, a male was seven, and another female was nine. Um, my whole life I struggled with that ever since I could remember. And now keep in mind, at this time, I am a preacher. Mm. I am a prophesying at church, singing on the praise and worship team. Um, 
but I had this struggle and those who were around me knew it. Mm. And some of them would still get me to watch their children at times. Mm. And I look back on that now, I was like, man, the devil was straight setting me up. Mm. You know, it's not funny, but you know, but you, but when you look back on that and you see what God has brought you from, mm -hmm. you can't help but laugh at the enemy and say, what you tried to do, it didn't work. Mm. You tried to destroy my life and destroy those kids' yes. lives. Yes. Mm. But it didn't work. That's right. So every now I go to bed, I pray for those children. That's right. That's right. I pray, I pray for those children. And I cover myself <coughs> in the blood, cover my mind in the blood, because the enemy Amen. can attack you oh, yeah. in your dreams. Mm. Oh, yeah. And so, um, but I went to prison in 2009, where up until that time, I was brought up in church, <laughs> didn't know anything outside of church. Um, <coughs> all I knew was church. Mm. I mean, far as... The first thing about being a homosexual, I didn't know. Now, of course, we had seen different things on TV and heard people talk about it at school. But far as living the life, I had, I had never lived. I had never been involved with it. And so when I went to prison, it's like I caught on quick. Mm -hmm. And it's like I discovered a part of myself that was always missing. Like while you were in prison. While I was in prison. Right. And so I finally came, got the courage to come out. Mm. And... um. And I was loud and bullshit. I mean, um, mm. let, me, let me say this too. Growing up, I had a, I had a, I had an issue with my personality, um, and I would go back and forth between feminine mm -hmm. and and and, ma and trying to be masculine. Mm -hmm. mm. And I didn't, I didn't understand why why there was such an identity, such an identity crisis, and it really led me down a path to where. I thought I, w I was beginning to think I was a woman trapped inside of a man's body. I mean, it got so bad to where I was in prison to where I actually thought I was turning into a woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the devil had my mind just that strong. Yeah. And um, I was going around prophesying to people accurate words of prophecy. And mm -hmm. But that spirit was on me heavily. Yeah. I was really wrestling with that spirit. And... Um, in 2018, God changed my life. And I'm going to say this. Because he gave me the opportunity and the ability, the sense to make a right decision. Mm. You are a decision away from living the best life God has ever, yes. ever created you to live. Mm, you are a decision away. It is. It is as much as it's a life changing as a decision, but it is as simple as a decision. It's not complicated. We make it complicated because you know we're trying to understand everything. <laughs> we're, we're trying to understand everything, and and some things I still don't understand. No, neither. I, I and I, I'm learning every day. It's been what. Five years almost. Mm. Actually, yeah. it's been five years. Um, and it'll be three years in August since I actually had a sexual encounter with another man or with anyone. Amen. And Amen. so, um, what I will say is that, man, God is able to set you. I'm sorry. I went, I went ahead and did good. it. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I can't ever get on that. Oh, God is able to set you free, man. That's 
I mean, this 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 is real. Mm. I mean, don't get it twisted. It's a fight, but it's worth the fight. Some some people don't have a fight. I have a fight, and I don't mind fighting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's making me yeah, better, you know. Right. No, Anything don't kill you right. gonna make you better, you know. And sometimes God takes people down those different paths because yeah. it's something. It's it's something a part of them can learn from having that experience. Mm-hmm. And so, without the experience I'm having now, having to fight for my mind, I wouldn't be as tough as I am now on myself. In other, I wouldn't be growing in other areas, mm. and so it's it's by the it's by the grace of God. So you can be free, mm-hmm. your decision away. Amen. Amen. So it is a decision. It is a choice, and we'll get into Devin's deliverance and the little story. You might have heard it if you caught his online interview. I don't remember how much we actually shared online, uh, but you'll get to hear it again because that's what the point of this is to get minds together who have been there, Amen. so that if you can relate to that, then mm-hmm. hey, you know you're not alone in the fight. I mean, right. there's others, and I may not have the struggle with homosexuality, but I've got my own struggles That's right. that I fight constantly day to day. You know, we die daily. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I die daily. That's that means right. we're crucifying our flesh every That's single right. day when we wake up. Be ready for the flesh to come in and destroy your life. And I like what he just kind of closed with was you're one decision away. Yes, that was One good. decision away yeah. from either God completely changing your life and making it better mm. Or your life totally yeah. falling apart. Yeah. It can happen in one yeah. decision. Go ahead, Daniel. Go uh, ahead and give us a little. Can I interrupt real quick? I just wanted to make the comment because Devin made the comment about uh, you were prophesying while you're in sin and prophesying accurate words. And what come to my mind because I remember young in in my in my Christianity that I heard somebody else say that and I thought, Lord, that's I don't understand that. So I asked the Lord reveal that to me. In his word, and I can't remember where the address is, it says God's gifts are irrevocable. So each one of us have been given gifts of the Lord. And even when we're in our sin, sometimes we can use those gifts. They're not being used of God. They're being used of the flesh or Satan. But God's gifts are irrevocable. That's why you cannot base someone's gift on if they're right with God. Right. Just because somebody's prophesying on fire does not mean they're of God. Just because someone's preaching on fire does not mean they're of God. Just because somebody's laying hands on the sick and they're getting healed does not mean they are right with God. What makes them right with God? It says you will know them by their fruits. Amen. Look up Galatians chapter 5 and you'll see what the fruits of the Spirit are. We'll know them by their fruits. Amen. I'm glad you brought that back because that was one thing I wanted to hit. I forgot. So she brought that back. Yes, God's gifts are without repentance. That's right. They're without repentance. So he gives them freely. And even if, like he said, he was preaching in church and he was prophesying in church before the sin took over, it just kind of totally destroyed him for a bit. And then he, as he was in the mess, he was still doing the same yeah. thing because yeah. the gift is still there. That's God right. gave you the gift. That's right. But like she said, it's the fruit that you bear that determines whether you're Amen. getting with God. So go ahead, Daniel. My starting story is a little bit different. Um, I wasn't molested. I um, didn't have anything happen like that. Mine all came verbally. Uh, as a baby, I was, um, of course, I'm at the time of recording, 58 years old. So 58 years ago, they didn't have all the sonograms and the abilities to tell what a baby was. And my mother and father already had my brother, 
And um, they were believing and knowing that God was going to give them their baby girl. Mm -hmm. So the entire time that my mother was carrying me, she was saying, my baby girl. Oh, wow. My baby Mm. girl. When I was born, my great-grandmother had made baby dresses. And those baby dresses were, this was for my baby girl. This is for my baby girl. Mm -hmm. And then growing up, all the time, I would hear aunts, uncles, grandmas, moms, dads say, you were supposed to have been a girl. You were born wrong. You were supposed to be a girl. So all of the mental Mm -hmm. going on um, just kept growing and growing and growing inside of me to where that uh, when I got into grade school, um, you know, standing and going like like what you were saying, the the guys were looking at the girls and the girls were looking at guys. And why am I so different that I'm looking at the guys? Because in my head, I was already convinced I was supposed to have been a girl, at least in my thoughts and my feelings. I never felt like my body was wrong. I just felt like my thoughts and my feelings were wrong. And so I would find myself uh, looking at the looking at the guys, yeah. and um, then at the age of fifteen, I had my first uh, same sex experience with uh, another man, and um, he was thirty five and I was fifteen. Um, it was from that moment forward that, uh, yeah, it was all different. Yeah. Um, it all changed really quick, yes. and it was that was how I became identifying as myself is that I was gay and by identifying as that I was convincing myself that I was Mm -hmm. and so you know the the easiest way to offend is to tell you that your identity is wrong that who you are is wrong and so I found myself uh, fighting a lot yeah um, just because people, you know, moms, dads, everybody would go, oh, you're not gay, you're not gay. But yeah, because I had started identifying as that, yeah. I was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I took on that title and I took on those actions um, all the way through uh, up until uh, the night before God set me free. Amen. I was heavily into BDSM and into heavy into alcohol and drugs. Um mm up until 12 hours before it happened and uh, then you know God did he did the he did the work yes yes he always yeah, does. I, I, I can kind of go right with what Devin's saying is you are one action yes. you are one step you are one word away yeah. from true complete deliverance yes. mine I heard God say just as clear as a bell, like we're sitting here talking, God, mm-hmm. Dan said, Dan, lift your hands to me and your life will never be the same. Yeah. And with that, it freaked me out enough that I did it. <laughs> you know, it's like hands went straight Amen. up and man, it was just yes. instantaneous yes. that it was gone. Yes. Um, <laughs> man, so we're, we're all yeah. a little ahead of yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, That's all right. So, we're uh, good. But uh, you're not the only one that actually dealt with drugs, alcohol. No, Lisa, yeah. Did you struggle Deep. with drugs and alcohol? Anymore? No, it, it wasn't. It no. was. That wasn't a struggle for me. Okay, so Lisa can relate to the oh, drugs and yeah, alcohol and the abuse of that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, you mentioned in a previous interview about prostitution, even, and it took you to Atlanta, right? Uh, Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. Orlando and Nashville. And yeah. and how many years were you in it before? Four. 
Four. Four years. Wow. Wow. It's 18, 18, 19, 20, 21. Mm. All right. Well, since you're already there, Dan, you can talk about yeah. your deliverance real quick if you want, and then we'll get to there. Amen. <laughs> you're already there. About <laughs> so, my deliverance? Yeah, how did God set you free? Um, you, you started to say it, but you didn't finish. Go ahead. Okay, well, let's go back. Um, so, yeah, I was very heavy into alcohol, drugs, uh, BDSM, um, much like Lisa, if I saw something, I wanted it, I conquered it. <laughs> yeah. And that was a big desire, was the drive and the motivation yeah. um, of conquering. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oda only find out that I was conquered by the mind. <laughs> yeah. That night, yeah. um, <laughs> beautiful. seriously, standing there in, in a church service with some friends of mine, never planned on going to church ever again. <laughs> and, um, you know, standing there in... Whether it was like we're talking here, you know, God speaking to me, or whether it was in my heart, I knew it was the voice of God, and I knew He was saying, "Lift your hands in a sign of surrender." Mm-hmm. And in doing so, instantly, I mean, it was gone, okay. and um, the the change was instant. Yeah. Um, I friends that were around me were like, "You just instantly saw." completely different i couldn't get out of that church fast enough Mm. you know most people want to stand around and talk and man i couldn't run out of that church fast enough that Mm. night and it wasn't that i was running away from what happened to me i was running towards what happened to me because Mm. god had already at that same speaking to me time said, you need to go home and clean house. Well, we ain't yeah. talking with Pledge and Windex. Yeah. We're um, talking yeah. about going in and getting yeah. all that stuff, all that paraphernalia, <laughs> yeah. all those magazines, yeah. all those videos, yeah. putting them in a box and getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. I was not a strong enough person mm-hmm. to have said, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And God mm-hmm. knew it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I went home, I filled up five boxes, mm-hmm. um, moving boxes, and I, I called my friends that I was there with, and I'm like, where are you? And they're like, we're just leaving the church. I'm like, I'm on my way back. Don't leave. And uh, I went back to the dumpster mm-hmm. at the church, and I threw them in. And people are going, why the dumpster at the church? I couldn't go to the – I mean, what kind of person would I look like dumpster diving at the church, you know? Mm-hmm. I could have easily yeah. gone out to my, my garbage bin outside my house and gone, okay, these boxes yeah. don't belong there, and taken them back inside. And I could have gone right back into my sin. Yeah, that's right. But I was being told, take them to the church. Yes. And give them to the church. Mm. And let the church dumpster take them away. That way I can't go back to it. Mm. And it was, uh, I mean, it was just getting rid of the garbage. um, It not being there. It wasn't a temptation. I was able to continue growing every day mm. uh, as a free man. Mm. And just finding every day more and more and more of God's love yes. for me that he has for not just me, not for just Lisa, for every yes. one of us. For yes, you, yes, yes. for everyone. And it doesn't mm. matter if it's homosexuality yeah. or whether it's drug addiction yes. or anything God loves you regardless where you are right now. God loves you, and he's there for you. Like Devin said, you are one word away, one phrase from being delivered. All you have to do is ask. 
Amen. And I, there's a couple things I want to hit on everything you just said. Yes. First one is you said again. You didn't want to go back to church again. So you had been in church too. I've been raised in church. Now was it church life. hurt that ran you out or yes, what happened? It was. Uh, can you talk about that real quick? I yes. struggled with yeah. that. Church um, hurts. Amen. After the being a prostitute, um, there was a point where I had attempted suicide. My mother and father, who loved me unbelievably, um, they really, I have to be very careful because at the time of this recording, my parents are still alive. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put the guilt on them of what I have learned that happened to me. So I want, my parents loved me beyond. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so I was raised in church. Um, whenever I moved back after attempting suicide, I the Lord changed my life, and um, He gave me the desire to get married, and I did. And she and I, uh, we ended up having a baby girl, which you know is the best thing that I think ever happened Amen. to me beside God. Mm-hmm. And um, but we went to church, and I became like you're saying you prophesied. Okay, I was very heavy in praise and worship. I was piano player. I was leading the praise team. And God was working in that until the pastor's wife walked up to me and said, were you into homosexuality? I said, yeah, I was. You do know that God doesn't like homosexuals. Mm. You do realize that God won't use you because you were homosexual. You realize that you won't go to heaven because you were a homosexual. Now, this is a pastor's wife mm, that, was that came spirit. to me. And I just so want to cry right now. That is so with terrible. With that, I lost my marriage. Jesus. My life changed. I went back to homosexuality. Wow. Um, mm. So, yeah, I had gone to church, and mm. I knew the power of God. And I knew the voice of God. That's why that night, it was easy to recognize because I'd heard it before. Mm. But yes, church put me back. Mm. And not realizing the whole time that she was condemning herself. Because she, what does the Bible say? If you cause one of these little ones to stumble... It's better that you tie, what is it, a stone? A little stone around your neck and throw you in the ocean or the river. I know something that you're going to go into here soon, and I'm just going to touch on it really quick right here. Go for it. And that is soul ties and breaking. Jesus. When this happened to me in January of 2020, Mm -hmm. I sat down and wrote that pastor's wife a note. Yeah. It was about three pages in length, sharing with her everything that God had done in my life and how and where I was today, and that I forgave her. Amen. Because mm. right. I didn't want, like you're saying, the millstone, yes. I did not want that. I don't Amen. want anybody yeah. to be punished or anything. No. God forgave me, so I'm forgiving you. Mm. Yes. That was a spirit of religion, and there may have been another yeah. spirit attached to that. You may can just tell by the way she said that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that control spirit. And that's the problem, church. We've got to get out there. These people, yes, they need to know that you love them. It doesn't mean that you uh, agree with their lifestyle. You still love them, yes. though. You can't come at them <laughs> hatefully God. and expect. 
you're, you're going to get hate in return. Let's just say that's that. Right. If you're hateful about the way you're doing things and you're all up in their face, guess what? They're going to get all up in your face. It doesn't matter if it's homosexuals or any type of sin. You get in somebody's face, they're going to get right back in yours. Because yep. they're not going to – and it's like – was it you that was talking about earlier that um, easily defended when you've got your, your identities, what's under attack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, especially if they actually believe – and I know Lisa's talked before about this. She believed she was oh, born that way. Idea. She would have argued with you oh, yeah. to I your did. face <laughs> that she was born yeah, that way until sure, yeah. God told her otherwise. But uh, I guess we – uh, there was something else, but I don't remember what it was. So we'll come back to it. Go ahead, Lisa. Amen. Go ahead, Lisa. Amen. Talk about that for a minute, because you, you, your deliverance, but you were the one that I would have got in your face if you kind of tell oh, me. Oh yeah, I mean, I would argue you down the ground, and I mean, I even and I didn't believe in God. Um, I hated Christians, and the reason why I hated Christians was because they wanted to either approach me in a way that they wanted to express God's love for me. And the first thing I would think is, you're going to tell me about a good God, and I was raped as a child, I was molested as a child, don't come at me with your good God crap because I don't want to hear it. And then when they found out I was a homosexual, then it was like, well, you know, homosexual is going to go to hell, and Sodom and Gomorrah, and half of these people, I knew them because Benton, Mm -hmm. Illinois was a small town, and I knew that their husbands or whatever, they were themselves coming to the bar and getting drunk and fornicating. And I'm thinking, why is my sin worse than yours? That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's why we as a church, we are not here to set anybody right. If you cannot approach somebody in love, you need to not approach nobody. You need mm-hmm. to keep your mouth shut. Amen. If Amen. you are offended by somebody's lifestyle then you are already in the wrong. Amen. God ain't offended. God died for all sexual immorality. Mm. <laughs> he died for the homosexual. He, Jesus died for the homosexual. Jesus is not up there going, oh my God, do you see what they're doing down there? I am just absolutely disgusted. What are we going to do, God? Mm. What are we going to do? Mm. He is not doing that. So for us to even think that we have a right to approach somebody in any kind of sexual sin because I don't even want to get on the the homosexuality because it's sexual immorality across the board. If you read all through the Bible, mm-hmm. sexual immorality is named over 30 times in the New Testament mm-hmm. and it's always the first one to be named mm-hmm. because it's a sin against your body. We are the temple of God. Mm-hmm. We harbor the Holy Spirit in us. Um, but... Yeah, I believe that I was born that way. And the reason why is because a counselor introduced me to books that taught me that. Science proved it by genes. There was all kinds of things in this book. And I remember, and it happened to me when I went to a treatment center for drug and alcohol abuse mm-hmm. in Charleston, Illinois. And I remember this counselor because I could not stay clean. No matter what program I worked, it didn't matter. I could not stay clean. I would always end up using, sabotaging myself, what mm-hmm. they called it, self-sabotage. And I remember sitting in the office, and I had committed myself to a six-month inpatient drug and alcohol rehab. And this counselor asked me, what is it that's keeping you relapsing? And I knew. I, I was struggling with coming out fully. Mm-hmm. I was still under the, you know what I mean? I'd get drunk and do it, and then I could blame it on that I was drunk. Right. I didn't know what right. I was doing, you know, or mm-hmm. I was high. Mm-hmm. So I told her. I remember I just started bawling, and I said, I think I'm gay. And I'm bawling profusely. And she got up from her chair, come around, hugged me, and said, that's it? I can help you with that. Mm. And that started a journey of educating me that I was born that way. I couldn't help being that way. And it even mixed biblical stuff in it. Mm. 
that the Bible had been translated. It wasn't its original language form. Man translated it, and it really didn't mean homosexuality, and it had all kinds of stuff. Now, mind you, I still didn't believe in God, but whatever. That made it even more, right. you know, convincing that mm-hmm. there wasn't no God. He can't even, he don't even know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That made it wow. even more real that he, you know, didn't know what he was doing. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would, I had scripture because of that book that backed up. I argued Christians up and down. I'd get defensive because I felt like I was under attack. Mm. You're trying to tell me that I'm not even who I am. I know who I am. I've Mm. struggled all my life, and now I know who I am. Mm. Um, But this is... It's just sad. It's very sad. Mm. And it hurts my heart because the Lord set me free. And that's my story of being set free is completely blows my mind and other people who know me because I was not repentive. I started going in 2011. I had been with a girl. I just left a girl that I've been with for nine and a half years. I had a commitment ceremony. We were married, but not legally in the state's eyes. Raised kids together. Um, She left me for somebody else. She got involved in methamphetamine, and she ended up leaving me for a dope cook. Um, But anyway, so I ended up with another female, and I was with her for five years, and we lived in an upstairs apartment next door to the police station on Sprig, where the police station used to be, mm. above a beauty shop in between Ford and Sons Funeral Home and the police station. Something physically kept attacking my body, and mm. I'm saying that because I know now it was a physical attack. It was because people were praying for me, and I didn't know because the girl I'd been with for nine and a half years got delivered and mm. got saved <laughs> and mm. had the church praying for me. Mm. Yeah. So while this is going on, and I don't know, for a year my body's being attacked. I'm getting MRSA, staph infections. Um, They had to remove lymph nodes from my armpit, my abdomen. Um, I was coming up with all kinds of skin disorders, and I wasn't even doing methamphetamine at that time, so there was no reason. I mean, it was just a horrid thing. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't work. I hurt all the time. My joints felt like marble on marble. It was just horrible. Mm. So I thought... This is crazy. I can't do this no more. Then my girlfriend come home and said she was miserable because I could not support her anymore and she was going to cheat on me. (laughs) Mm. So that was my fault too. So I was going to kill myself. I was going to jump off the roof onto Spring Street in front of a big truck and if the truck didn't kill me, the fall would. The combination surely would kill me. Mm. So I went across the street to save a lot that night and I ran into my... Jesus freak friend. I don't want to say her name. Mm -hmm. She knows who she is. But... She always talked about Jesus, and I hated that. And I told her, I love you. Just don't talk about Jesus to my face. I just mm. don't don't come in my house talking the crap. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm telling her. I'm showing her my body. I'm like, man, I'm miserable. She's like, come to celebrate recovery with me. I'm like, okay. So I walk out thinking, I don't want to go to church. It was a Christ Church of the Heartland. I'm like, all right, whatever. So that night, I remember saying, God, if you're real, if you're real, prove it to me. So I started going to celebrate recovery program. A couple of Fridays, I go up to the altar, and I repent. Not for my homosexuality. No, no, no. Because I still believed it was not a sin and I was born that way. And I wasn't going to repent for something that was not wrong because that's who I was. I repented for the drug addiction. I repented for the uh, the alcoholism. I repented for lying and stealing and cheating and t- treating my parents bad and all the things that I'd done in my past. But I was not going to repent for homosexuality because I, at that time, still did not believe it was a sin. So, after that third week of going to celebrate recovery, things got really worse on my body. Things got bad. I mean, if you can even imagine that getting worse. So I was going to jump off the bridge, and I felt something in me tell me, go to Christ Church of the Heartland. So I walked all the way to Christ Church of the Heartland, and they weren't even having a church service, so it told me it was sometime through the week. 
I don't know what day it was, but they were having a leadership meeting. Pastor Valtrice was up on the podium, and there was some people in suits and stuff, up guys up front, obviously leaders. And he stopped right in the middle of what he was doing. I sat in the back, and he stopped. And he said, there's a spirit of homosexuality in here, and I don't have time to deal with it. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit deal with it. Well, what do you think happened? I'm offended. Mm. Because at yeah. this point, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm loud and proud. I'm gay. You're not going to convince me different. So as soon as I heard those words come out of his mouth, I was offended, and I knew I did not belong there. So when I started to get up out of my seat, and I say the Lord because I know it was the Lord, something encompassed me. It was like a liquid love blanket overshadowed me, and everything in the room disappeared. And I audibly, it was, the, I don't even know how to describe it. It was a love I don't even know how to describe it. God, I wish you'd give me words. It was like a liquid, warmth love that I had, like I was satisfied for the first time in my life mm-hmm. of feeling love that I had been searching for all my life. Mm. That's, I don't even know if that's adequate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I audibly heard him say, Lisa, I did not create you to be like this. This is not who you are. I love you. I have a plan and purpose for you. And this lifestyle is an abomination against me. I love you. And when his liquid love lifted off of me, they were dispersing. And like you said, I was free. It was like, bam, it was done. It was like somebody lifted a hood off my face. I could see for the first time there was no condemnation. Mm -hmm. It was like, it, it was like somebody turned the light on in a dark room. It was like, oh my God. There's stuff in here. You know what I mean? It was like, Mm -hmm. I knew and I could not go home. I knew I could not go back home. So who do I call? My crazy Jesus freak friend. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've got to stay with you. And I'm telling her she thinks I'm high and I'm really bad on dope because I'm talking crazy. So I go to her house. Two weeks later, the Lord has me go back to my girlfriend's house and witness to her. Mm -hmm. So I'm clutching my Bible. I still have the Bible. First Mm -hmm. Bible I ever got. Mm -hmm. Knocking on the door. She answers the door. Have you been? I've been more than sick. What is going on? Are you da-da-da? So she lets me in, and she'll tell you this to, to this day. So she lets me in, and I sit down. I'm clutching my Bible, and I'm crying. And she's mad, and I'm telling her, you have to repent. Mm. I said, Sandy, you have to repent. What are you talking about? And I said, this lifestyle is an abomination. The Lord just set me free. She's looked at me and said, are you freaking high? She didn't say freaking, but you know what I mean? She's cussing. She's mad. Are you high? No, I'm not high. And I'm just screaming tears hold my bible like scared i don't even want to be there i'm just doing what the lord's telling me to do Mm -hmm. so probably about after 30 minutes she finally realized you're telling the truth this is for real i said this is for real and the lord said leave Mm -hmm. i said i I gotta go i get up she's like what am i supposed to do with all your stuff and i said it was never mine to begin with burn it Mm -hmm. and i walked away now, like you, I had all kinds of pornographic things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had made videos together, things. I walked away from all of that, even mm-hmm. though I was scared, thinking, my God, what is going to happen to all this? And the Lord told me, trust me. Mm-hmm. So I walked away, and I told her, burn it. It was never mine to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. <laughs> it's powerful. And why? And, 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 Go ahead. I don't struggle. Now, I have... Look, just because people struggle with it don't mean nothing. You hear me? God sets us free. Jesus sets us free. It says, for the whom sets free is free indeed. There's numerous scriptures in here what tells us we have to die to the flesh daily. Mm. There are certain things we have to do. Why he chose me to deliver me completely from it, and I don't struggle with it. I don't have thoughts. I don't have temptations. I don't know. All I know is he knows, and he has a plan and purpose for it, Mm. and I'm obeying. 
whatever it is. Amen? That's all I know. That brought me back to what I was going to talk to you about, which is uh, the fact that um, she was talking. Now I lost it again. Devin? No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It was something to do with what we were just talking about. Oh, I know what it was. Getting rid of the old stuff. Because that's important. And many people don't catch it. Not only because you're tempted (laughs) with it, but I tell people all the time, because we go to pray over houses. We anoint them with oil. We're casting out demons. We're doing things. But I will tell them to their face. I say, you know what? I can pray for you all that you want. But if there is anything in this house or anything in your life, that is going to invite it right back in, then this is a waste of time because you're going to walk right back into it. Now, in his case, it had to do with temptation. He didn't want to be tempted with it again, but it was still in his house. We've got it. And I like how, and I've been using that with, uh, you've heard me say it a few times with other people. You got to go home and clean house. You got a clean house. And I've said it several times. You got a clean house. And it's like he said, we're not talking about the pine saw and whatever else. Mm -hmm. We're talking, Mm -hmm. you got to get stuff out of your house because if it's still there, not only are you tempted but the spirit is still there right along with it and you don't want that latching on to you so I, let me be let me just encourage you for just a second just because you've been to a church and prayed about a situation i don't care if it's a demon you thought you were dealing with or spirits or homosexuality or drugs or alcohol or any other type of sin that you've got just because you've went to a church and prayed about it does not mean that you're instantly off the hook and delivered Wow. Matter of fact, Lisa That's will right. tell you, I know because her testimony, she still didn't get rid of the drugs. That's right. She, she had to actually go for help. Yep. And and that is, when they, when we get delivered miraculously from things like drugs, that's the exception, not the rule. That's God right. can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> right. You know, you deal with, like she just said, yeah. she immediately got delivered from homosexuality. Not everybody has that story. That's right. That's not right. everybody got delivered immediately. It's a process. Some are still walking out the process. That is okay. And so that's the thing we've got to understand. We're walking out our salvation. Yes. We're living out our salvation Fear while we're one. here. Eventually, one day we won't have all the temptations and things. But we're going to be there with him, God. so we're going. Everything's going to be good. But uh, you've got a clean house. So if you've got anything in your life, I don't care if it's physical, spiritual, whatever it is, you've got to get rid of it first. There's a dedication there on your part. That is part of the steps. That would be like me just setting this. If this bottle of water was something, I just have to get rid of it. I can't take it back up. If I take it back up, well, then I'm just going to walk right back into what? It's yeah. like the Bible, the scripture talks about, you know, the, the dogs returning to their vomit yes, and the right. pigs right. returning to the slop yep. and the mud and getting all dirty mm-hmm. again is exactly what happens if you never yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. So, and it's a choice on your part and is a daily battle. And I think you're probably getting ready to talk yeah. about that. Can I, can I add Go something ahead. to that? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. With, with where I was in BDSM, okay, that process is done normally in the dark and so i would use candles to illuminate Mm -hmm. i had to get rid of not just the candles i used in that facility Mm -hmm. but all the candles that i had purchased to use in there that i had never used Mm -hmm. so in other words if i had gone to walmart and picked up three or four candles with the intent Mm -hmm. of them being Mm -hmm. in that room they had to go yes that's it that's That's it and it's awesome it's full cleaning yeah. yeah, it's awesome that yeah. you knew that. Go ahead, awesome. Devin. I know yeah. you got more to add. I wanted to add something real quick. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Devin, you're going to talk to me. You can talk to me about it. It's kind of like, okay, the old self. The Bible tells us to throw off the old self and put on the new, which is Jesus Christ. It's kind of like if I outgrow clothes, if I get 
too big for a shirt, I'm not going to hang on to that shirt. I'm going to put on a new shirt That's right. because this shirt don't fit me no more. That old self don't fit you no more. Mm. Put it off, get rid of it, put on the new, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We hold all things Jesus. are made new. Amen. Yep. Come on, uh, man. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Yes. Old things have passed yeah, away. Behold, on, all things have become new. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Come I had on. to think about where it was out of the whole verse for a second. Go ahead, yeah. Devin. You don't get to talk now. Now I can. <laughs> no, wait a second. I'm, gonna, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on now. You just talk. Uh, I, uh, for for me, it is it is is being a process. Um, there are still times where I desire to be with the man. Mm-hmm. There are times; those times don't happen a lot, but they happen. I may see something that trigger my mind. It's not a day go by that I don't have to fight. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the reality that I live in, and so um, even if, even with pedophilia, I, I still have to fight. I, I have I have to watch myself around certain people, mm. around, around certain type of children, around children. Period. I have to watch myself, mm. and I'm I'm recognizing now that it's okay to be honest about that. Yeah. Mm. That's just because I'm struggling with something don't mean that's who I am. That's right. Amen. You know what I mean? So right. what you struggle with is not your identity. That's right. Your your identity is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. He gave you when he created Adam, he gave the first thing he gave him was his ID. Yes. He created him male and female. Yes. He created them in his image. Yes. Amen. The image is your identity. Yes. Image That's great. your identity. And so um it's, it's been a process for me. Looking back, as I, y'all was sitting here talking, God was speaking to me, right? Yeah. And I recognize now why it, why, it, why it has been a process for me. Number one, I knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Even, even though it was introduced to me as a little kid, I later found out that it was wrong. This was before I really had accepted the lie that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, that, and that's, that's a whole other story. But it was it w- it was a process of me constantly going back to pedophilia. I would get, I'm telling you, I was around uh, 17 when a pastor that I was under really started praying against that spirit, homosexuality and pedophilia. And there were times where he prayed for me, and I seen and felt the spirit leave. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. And I would go home and, and begin to wrestle with all those thoughts yep. again. Mm. And I would let the devil convince me that I wasn't delivered and would go back yep. to it. That's, and that's so, right there, the thought. Yep. And so I kept wrestling with that. I would get, and you know, the Bible talks about how when a spirit is going, how when an unclean spirit is going out of a man, it rolls through dry places, the air, yep. seeking. Try, trying to find rest, yep. mm-hmm. finding none. It goes back to the house. Says I'll go back to the house from which I came. It finds this wealth and garnish. Yep. It got still. It got it got gifts and talents, but it's not filled with the spirit. Yep, mm. that's right. You got to catch that. Yes, it's not filled with the spirit, and so um, because I wasn't filled, because I wasn't getting that filling of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Those spirits were able to. Those spirits were able to constantly come back because I would allow them in. They were able to constantly come back, and so um, end up going to prison. After I went to prison, um, I really said in my mind that 
hey, I've been wanting to do this all along. Might as well go. I, yeah, this is my opportunity now to see what's about. So when I wrote my when I wrote a relative, I actually I actually wrote a lady that had actually molested me. And then so I wrote I wrote a relative and told and told them what what had happened. And you know, about me coming out. And she said, uh, now that you've found the truth, now she said, now that you've um she she really didn't get involved, she didn't really get into scripture because she knew I knew the scripture. I was a minister. You know, I was preaching and prophesying, laying hands, speaking in tongues, shouting and dancing, you know, the whole night, the whole Pentecostal, mm. the whole Pentecostal thing. I was there. And it's real. Don't don't think that's the speaking in tongues, the laying on of hands, seeing people healed and delivered and demons cast out. Those things are the gifts of the spirit and they are real and they are available to anyone that wants to receive them. Mm. But I wasn't a good steward of character. And that's something I've 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 always prayed since. God give me your character. I don't care about being anointed. I don't care about none of that. I want character that way when after after the anointing lift, I can live holy behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have it's secrets. I would go to people's houses with the intent of molesting children. Mm-hmm. That that's just how consumed I became by it. And um got, like I said, I went to prison, um, came out the closet and but took a whole detour of what God really intended for me to go to prison for. I really believe God allowed me to go to prison because he knew that if I didn't go to prison, I was going to continue to do what I was doing. And it probably would eventually kill me. Mm. It probably would eventually kill me or put me in prison for life because mm. I was facing nine counts. That's you face. I know people with one count got 90 years. That's yeah. mm. how serious it is. So, I was blessed to receive 13, and I told on myself. I actually, I actually um, gave a statement and told them what all, who all I had molested, all the children I had molested. And um, for, for me, I was molested. Let me say this. For me, I was molesting children um, because I didn't want, partly in part because I didn't want to admit that I was gay. So I figured, I, could, I told myself, well, maybe if I do this, that I won't have to, I don't have to go out into the world. You know, I can have God, I can stay in church. Mm-hmm. I just say I can have God, but I can stay in church and, and keep this as a secret mm-hmm. and satisfy my flesh. Mm-hmm. And so That's what the devil th- does this, this, this was before this was before <laughs> so this was before I really committed myself to Christ at the age of seventeen. Um and then um I know I'm jumping, I'm sorry. Um, Fine, you're going where you're supposed to go. Um, and then, at the age of 18, I, I started walking in ministry, but I was still struggling with those thoughts. And I didn't understand for the life of me, Brother Dan, how God could use me, mm-hmm. and I still have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it told, and I was like, God, how can you, it's like night and day. Mm-hmm. 
And that was the only time my mind wasn't consumed by when I was at church and I was in prayer mode. And I was in prophetic mode. I was in singing mode. And so those were the only time those those spirit those thoughts weren't speaking. And so um when I got to the point to where I was really letting let it go, um, it was so much things that went on in prison. Um that uh when I got ready to let it go, for me it was I kept going back. So it was and I knew it was wrong. I willfully walked away from Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, so so it was it was different for me, and I recognize that now. That's that's why it has been such a tumult. This is like my cross to bear. You know how Paul had to had to bear his cross because 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 some of his past sins, because some of the persecution he did to the saints. The Bible talks about how. when, when Jesus first, when God first called him, he said, I, got, I think he told, was it Ananias? He said, I got to show him what he must, to paraphrase, what he must, uh, basically what he must bear so, uh, to suffer, for, for, suffer for the cause of Christ. And I believe it mentioned because of what he did, because of his past too. I believe, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that there are things that we still I was told by one by a preacher one time. He said, "Sometimes, sometimes you you may not you may not reap everything that you sow." He said, "If you if you commit a sin, and this made perfect sense, but I don't know how true it is, but it made perfect sense." So I, I want to give this to you. Maybe, maybe you all can uh, give me some biblical insight. Give us some biblical insight on it. He said, "If you commit a sin and you repent of it, never do it again. You won't reap that." Because you uprooted that before, before you you pulled you pulled that seed back up before it got a chance to take root. So if you continue to commit a sin over and over again, then that's then that's the process of sowing. So he said you you reap that, but I don't know how true it is. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare say it's biblical. I don't know, um, but it made it made perfect sense to me because of the simple fact that. You can that there are certain things that we haven't reaped yet, and we probably will never reap. You know what I mean? Like, like people say, "Well, you reap what you sow." Is is there is do you actually reap everything that you sow? And that's 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 something I would like to know. Do you actually reap something? I believe that God has holy roundup, and that some of those things that we've sown. That God comes in with holy roundup and he kills it. And we don't have to reap that. That some of the things I know that I sowed in my life, I don't see God bringing that back to where it's something that I have to reap. I I, I see that he used some holy roundup. Some grace, and, yeah. Yeah, with mm-hmm. grace yeah. and love. And, yeah, and eliminated that. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, why else would people, like, um, you see people who, for, you know, drug addiction, mm-hmm. they come in and they give their life to the Lord and they've got hepatitis C and the Lord miraculously delivers them from it. Exactly. He doesn't tell them, well, you know what? That's what you got for sharing that needle. You're just stuck with it. You reap mm-hmm. what you sow. No, he did not. Wow. He heals them. He heals us. We do not have to face, and that is part of his goodness that draws me to repentance. I want to go back to something that Lisa was talking about 
quite a while back, mm. and that is, what did it take? You know, people were talking to you. People were showing you your your crazy uh, crazy Christian woman was praying for you. When, what would we say? Here we are sitting, three people that have been delivered from this, mm-hmm. and we're talking to a multitude that may be struggling. Okay. And there may be a mom out there that has a daughter that's a lesbian or has a son that's a homosexual man. How do we talk to mom or brother or pastor or preacher or friend Mm -hmm. and tell them this is what we needed? Mm -hmm. Try this on your friend Mm -hmm. and see if it works. Good question. What I would say is... um, there's a line. The Bible gives us instructions on how to deal with sexual sin within the church, and he tells us how to deal with the world. Specifically, the Bible says we do not judge the world. God judges the world. Hmm. We, as believers in our community of church, we are to judge things within the church. Now, does that mean a homosexual cannot come into the church and ask for forgiveness, repent, and continually get help and be mentored, (coughs) absolutely. But I think there's a fine line. I think that if they're not willing to do that and they want to continue in their sin and just blatantly, you know what I mean? I think at some point there's instruction in the Word where we are supposed to set them down, talk to them, and if they continue to refuse, then we are to put them out of the church. But the most important thing I would say is love. Don't judge. Don't preach. If you have somebody that's not repented and you love them and you want to see them free, even if you have a neighbor that's gay, you have a son or daughter that's gay, you have a mom or dad that's gay, brother or sister, you have a coworker that's gay, and you know that person, whether they're, whether they're saved or not, just be, follow me is what Christ said. Follow me, live as he did. <coughs> Christ did not walk this earth pointing fingers at people. The people that he was rude to (coughs) were the people who thought they knew everything and they were so religious and constantly pointing out everything everybody was doing wrong and Jesus did not like them. I don't want to say hate, but he did not like them. Called them brood of vipers, uh, whitewashed tombs, full of dead man's bones because they were the you're going to go to hell for that you know no jesus is all about love he my god he died he died he died for the homosexual he died for the adulterer he died for the fornicator he died for the drug addict he died for the alcoholic he died for the child molester he died for the rapist he died he's that's how much he loves you you want to know how much jesus loves us from here to here. <laughs> Amen. On the cross. And God. for us to come in and start condemning people in their sin, we have no right because you hit on that earlier. Mm. What we judge, we will be judged for. Mm. That's not our job. Our mm. job is to love them where they're at. Jesus wants to meet you where you're at. And you know what? I just want to apologize for the church because we've done a horrible, horrible job. Amen. Mm. We've done a horrible, horrible job. 
and we did a dishonor to him and the community of people out there struggling with any kind of sexual sin. Absolutely. We love you. We don't have to accept your sin. I don't accept my own. (laughs) Okay? If that makes any sense. I hope that makes sense. Mm. (laughs) But what what we do is we love you. Amen. And let you know that I used to struggle with why would G- why did Jesus die for me? I don't understand. Why why did he die for me and why is he going to take me to heaven? Because in the beginning, it goes right back to Genesis. In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, God made man. Adam. And in the fullness of God, he made man. This is beautiful. God had to show me this. And he didn't take another lump of clay to make woman. He didn't make woman because Adam was running around with an erection and didn't know what to do with it. Mm. He pulled the fullness of God out of man and created woman, a helpmate for Adam because he didn't want Adam to be alone. He loved Adam. Adam was his son. So he created woman to be a helpmate. It's a beautiful thing if you really, if you really just ask the Lord to show you. There's obviously, in Romans 1, it talks about God is obvious in nature and has proven himself. And there's nobody that can deny God except willfully because of that reason. Because female was born with a hymen, a piece of skin in her vagina that's made for one man. Made for one man to make covenant with that man. The penis will come into the hymen and it breaks that. And blood in the semen and blood in the hymen creates a blood covenant Mm -hmm. and they come together and that says the two will become one and they are there and the man is to love the woman as christ loves the church the woman is in it and it's all through the bible Mm. the story of it all through the bible everything in the bible goes through the man the woman the church and jesus it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing just like when jesus comes his second coming it says he will come like a thief in the night and to be aware and on guard, and there will be trumpet sounds. Do you know in the Jewish traditional wedding from way back in the Old Testament that that's how they did it? When they betrothed a man and a woman, the families would come together and say, your daughter wants to marry my my son. And the families, the, they didn't do by physical attraction. They didn't say, hey, man, I really like her. I want to marry her. The family set it up. Mm. It, there was no physical attraction. When we get into that physical attraction, we are in the flesh. Yes, it is. And in that betrothal period, the bridegroom will come get the bride at an unknown announced time. He doesn't let anybody know. He comes in the middle of the night. Just like it says, Jesus will come in the middle of the night for his church in his second coming. And there's trumpet blast, shofar blast for that bridegroom to come pick up his bride in the Jewish traditional wedding. Just like there'll be shofar blast when Jesus comes back on this earth to take us back home with him. I mean, it's just, it's the whole thing is there. And the ten versions with the lamps. Mm-hmm. That whole purpose was witnesses. So when they consummated the marriage, the bride and the, the groom, they I forgot the name of it, but there's a white cloth they have sex on. The hymen breaks, semen, blood, blood shows on the this piece of white cloth and the white cloth is brought out to the ten virgins and they see the blood and they celebrate that the 
The covenant has been broken between the man and the woman. There is a blood covenant. And they celebrate this. Jesus has a blood covenant with us when he died on the cross. He died to give us our identity back. So please, and and it really is about identity, but not in a way where we're trying to tell you you don't know who you are, but in a way that we try to tell you you don't know who he is in you. If you knew... If you knew who he was in you, and that's what it's about, it really is about identity. And I don't mean that in an offensive way, so please please don't take that offensive. I mean that in a way that he died because he wants it back the way it was originally planned. And that's what, and the devil has perverted it. God never intended for man to be with man and woman to be with woman. And you, you can't be fruitful and multiply. There's no blood covenant. You can't break a hymen with a hymen. You can't have a blood covenant with a penis and a penis. God didn't always, and I'm not meaning that to be offensive, but it's a beautiful thing in creation. He wants himself back in us like it was always supposed to be. He's a father first. He's not some wrathful God sitting up there waiting to zap us when we do something wrong. And for us as a church to act that way toward a homosexual is completely wrong, and we need to repent. We need to repent. I hope that made sense because I am like on fire and sweating. Devin, get to your deliverance. Get to your deliverance, Devin. You didn't get to your deliverance yet. Get to your deliverance. Um, Jesus, so, sorry. <laughs> 2000, 2000. Let me, let me back up. Again, I said, you know, I kept going back. In 2000. 11 to 12 um there was a guy I was involved with and um my whole life since I had started and even my whole, through my whole life I, I always had thought, there's no possible way you can be in love with another man another man can be in love with another man yeah. or another woman can be in love with another woman and so um When I really fell hard for this guy, it absolutely blew my mind. But it wasn't love. It it was not. Love only comes from God. Love is ordained by God. What we experience through homo is through homosexual love is a soul tie. It's, it's, it's really it's really a soul tie. It's it's a bond, an ungodly bond, an ungodly soul tie. So, oh Lord, I guess it's just the prophet in me, right? That love is demonic. Um, it is fallen. It is an abomination. And so, for for me. To experience that, it blew my mind. But for this guy, but this guy came back and then <clears throat> betrayed me. Mm. So here I am. I had already been, I had already had one lover, but the first lover I had, we were we had an open relationship. Mm. Anybody know anything about an open relationship? It's like okay, you mess with whoever you want to mess with. Uh, just remember, keep me number one. Keep me number one guy. Keep me number one woman. Mm. And still always respect me as being number one. Don't have a relationship with these people, you know? And so, um, 
The first time I, God delivered me was in 2011. 2011 or 12. And uh, after a lover had left the, the uh, institution I was at and went to another institution. Um, and uh, it was because I was hurt, you know? And I had to come to the realization, okay, what am I doing? I know this ain't right. Mm. I'm trying to do, trying to make this work, and it, and I, and I seen then that it wasn't gonna work, you know. Um. So I got back in church. When I got when I when I recommitted my life back to Christ, um. There was all type of temptation coming at me. More so than it was when I was out in the open. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't verbal. It was just the looks you were getting. Mm. Um, and, you know, homosexuals, they're, they're, they're real. Um, um, we're, we're real tuned into if, you know, people who are struggling with homosexuality and homosexuals are people who really are in tune with their emotions. Mm -hmm. They're they, the emotional side of them. Mm -hmm. And so I would feel different emotions coming from people that I knew. And, and it's like almost like I would knew what they were thinking. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to say anything. I knew what they were thinking. I could look at their facial expression tell what they were thinking. And so all these different spirits are coming at me like that. So I went back. Long story short. Got delivered again in 2014. So each time you're getting delivered, but you're choosing, you're making choosing that one choice. Making that one that choice one to go back. one decision to go back to go into back. something you mm. knew was wrong. I knew was wrong. This ties back into what you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yep. decision yep. away. Yep. And so I kept, I kept going back. And in 2000, um, what, what really set me on the path, though, was in 2000. Late, later on in 2015, I met this young man, actually older gentleman. Absolutely floored me the way I met him. I've been hearing his name, and oh, you gotta talk to sister. And I've been, you know, not talking to me, but I heard other people talking about this guy. Like, man, who is this dude? They can't be nobody special. And so, um, the whole time I've been playing basketball with him and didn't even know it. So, my cellmate had to was like, man, it's like, man. I really don't want to do because we had got involved with each other. He's like, man, and he told me, he's like, man, I don't want to do that with you, man. It's like, man, I want, to, I want you to get back in church. I'm thinking, no, man, I ain't trying to hear that. You know what I mean? I want to do what I want to do with you. And so, um, but he said, man, you got, you ought to talk to such a person. So I'm like, man, whatever. He used to begin to tell me about this guy. I was like, okay, whatever. I really wasn't paying attention. And so, that same day to the next day, we went out to we got to re for recreation in the yard. And uh, while we're out there, um, we're playing basketball in the gym. I heard, and on the way back, I heard on the way back into to our housing unit, I heard somebody say, "Hey, someone so called his name." So I'm like, "Ah, oh, this the guy they call so and so." Well, I'll tell his name. His name they call him Professor. He's an awesome man of God. And um, this, this is the guy they call Professor. 
They call him professor because they say he knew a lot about everything. Um, and so, um, well, he knew a little about everything. And so, um, excuse me. So, what I seen him do absolutely floored me. He walked up to this known homosexual, what they called a baby, and what they what was said who was said to be a sister to me because I was an effeminate homosexual. They called effeminate homosexuals towards each other. They called them sisters, and um, a homosexual in gender. I'm sorry, a homosexual in general. Uh, when a straight man is speaking of them, is they call a baby. Okay. And so um, I watched him embrace this homosexual like it wasn't nothing. It's like, man, you haven't talked to me in a while, man. It's like, won't you, won't you come holler at me, man? Let me know how you're doing. I love you, man. And I'm thinking, what? That's something you do not. If anybody know anything about prison. If you're not involved in a homose- with a homosexual, you do not walk up to the homosexual, give them a hug, and tell you you love them. That's that's out. You don't even talk to them unless you, unless most of the time you're involved with them. Mm. Mm. Um, so, so that was an odd thing. That was odd. Odd. that was very odd, and it blew my mind. I mean it it literally brought me to tears, and I think it was because I not only seen that but I felt it too mm-hmm. I felt the genuineness from it and so and I said to myself that's the guy that's going to help me right there and so um, we talked and man we, we've been separate ever since he's on he's on, he's on his way home he's on his way home we're looking, for, we're looking for God to perform a miracle but just the incident changed my life now even after that I, for a whole year I'm in prison I did not touch a man. Hmm. I still wrestled with my flesh, but I did not touch another man. And that was mind blowing to me because, like you, I was that person to where if you said you hated homosexuals, like you had some men coming to the prison, say, man, I can't stand the homosexuals. Punks, mm-hmm. faggots, they use all those type mm-hmm. of words. It's like, man, I can't stand them, I hate them, and if I see them, and anyone comes, I'm going to kill them. I will target them. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? All right. I'm going to see. And most of the time, a lot of, a lot of the guys that I didn't mess around with, we had made plans mm-hmm. to mess around. Or there was something in, the, in motion. Know how you um go through the the flirtatious mode, mm-hmm. and so, um. But in 2018, I finally got. I I want to say 2018. I 2020. Um. I was in the hole, in prison, and I forgot why I was in. What was I in the hole for? Let's see if I, I can't remember. Anyway, so I'm in the hole. And I'm praying to God because this day I might have rededicated my life back to Christ, but I keep getting put in the cell with these men that end up wanting to do that. Mm. So I'm running from that. I'm running in and out the hole, trying to get away from that. And most of the time I was yielding to it, but then regretting it later. Then you know, wanting to get out the wanting to get out the wanting wanting to get out the situation. And so. Uh, this guy came to my set. Now, this guy, he was in church. He was involved in church. Um, 
And so, but he came to my cell. And um, now, mind you, it had already been a little flirtatious uh, acts on my part. And so, but before before we became cellmates. And so he uh, he came to the cell. And he just started talking. I didn't know what he was talking about. But I could tell where he was going. I mean, in prison. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like they set you up for something perverted to happen. Because they give you, this This is what we are given in prison. We are given a pair, three pair of boxers and three t-shirts to wear in a hole with a cellmate. Supposed to wear, supposed to, we get three showers a week. Uh, with each shower, of course, you, of course you change clothes. So you're supposed to wear, according to them, you're supposed to wear a pair of boxers and a shirt a day. Mm. Can you imagine being in the cell with another man with a pair of boxes on the t-shirt? Mm. I mean, wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but yeah. against, I mean that's it was a setup. And, and and that's and that, and this and so this this young man he uh for for lack of better words I could tell you know he was aroused, and so I'm like oh man here we go. And so he got in my face, put himself in my face. Mm. And he's like, man, come on, come on, come on. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And so it got to the point to where he started getting on my nerves. Started irking me, started irritating me. Said, I already told you no. Mm-hmm. And so he says, uh, he, keeps, he keeps saying, come on. So I yielded because I want him to stop getting on my nerves. I want him to leave me alone. And so, after the incident, he says, now get out. Mm-hmm. Get out the cell. Basically, what they call it, request PC. Request for protective custody. Basically, what they do, they move, remove you from the cell and place you in the cell with somebody else. And um, so, I said, man, I told God in that moment, I said, God, I'm done. Do whatever you have to do, I'm done. I'm tired of, I'm tired, beyond tired. And um, he, he says, he said, no, you ain't got to leave. That was my test right there to see what I would do. And I said, nah, I'm going to leave, man. I said, I'm not doing that again. He's like, why not? I was like, because it's wrong. I'm not doing that again. And so uh, left the cell, and I I talked to God that whole for like a week straight. I'm like, God, how do I, how do I, how do I overcome this? Because when I get in the cell with people, certain people, it, it's almost like it's overwhelming. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I was like, God, what, what do I do? And what do I do? I was, how can I overcome this? I said, because you see, it's more than I can bear. And He said, Devin, I said in my word. I will right. never put more on you than you can bear. Mm. Mm. And for the first time, that scripture came alive to me. And I'm like, man, you mean to tell me you won't put them on? It's like, and I want to say something. It's almost like it's okay to be weak because I'm strong where you're weak. Mm. I'm strong where you're weak. And so, when I when I realized that, 
that God would literally put more on me, wouldn't put more on me than I can bear. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been able to be led by the Spirit in what I do, and I've bypassed a lot of incidents where I would have found myself yielding to temptation. Mm-hmm. Even though it, even though while I was in prison, it was a struggle. Even now, it's a fight. Um, but that was the last time I was involved with another man, or, or if any one period. And so it was nothing by the grace of God. It was a decision and a God. I believe that every, and this is something I want to say when you when you were talking. Every person that struggles with any type of sin, regardless of what it is, you, in order to really overcome that, you need a God encounter, whatever that looks like. Everybody's everybody's encounter is not the same, but you got to have that life defining moment to where you realize, okay, it's God or nothing. You know, and so that was my moment for me. And it's, I've been good ever since. Mm. And as you're talking, I'm thinking of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you said at one point in your story when you were talking, you said at one point you, you knew it was wrong. And you done went back and you come back to the Lord and you went back and you come back and you knew it was wrong. Yep. But then you said, it seemed like you come back to church and you just kept getting looks from people. You were feeling their emotions. You were almost like it was reading your mind. You were reading their yeah. emotions. And, and then at one point you talked about it in the prison. You felt like it was a setup. That's how the devil works with any kind of sin that we come out of. The devil's going to test us. Did God really set yep. you free? Yep. Do you really want to be free? Is it really wrong? Uh, You know what I mean? Just like he did Jesus. If you are the son of God. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's the same thing. He always wants to test us on who we are. And it's okay to wrestle with those questions, to fight against those questions. Just because you those questions come to your mind, don't make you a bad person. It mm. does. It doesn't. It doesn't make any of those lies true. Those questions doesn't make any of those those identity questions don't make the lie of identity of our false your false identity true. Um, that's that's something that it took me a while to realize. And really, ex- and really get, to, and really see mm. that just because I'm having, um, just because a second thought, because I'm having second thoughts, or I'm questioning God, or I'm questioning myself, or those questions come to my mind, doesn't doesn't mean I'm not delivered. Mm. It 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 does, and it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that I'm still. It doesn't mean that I am a homosexual, or I am a lesbian, or I am a, I am whatever. That's right. It, it, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you have questions and there's some things you would need answers to. Mm. And that's okay because God will take you through the process of getting of getting answers to those questions. Here a little, there a little. Line up on line, line up on line, precept upon precept, precept, precept upon precept. As you dig into the word. That's it. Renew your As mind. you dig into the word, God will begin to. to answer those questions. Because there's some things mm-hmm. I've gone, I went through seven, six, seven, eight years ago, and God is just now beginning to answer those mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. You remember when this happened? This is what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Okay, that makes sense. Oh. And it really makes you human. Yeah. Oh. That's why we're not God. <laughs> we're yep. humans. We Thank need God in us. Not. 
Yep, that's why we're going <laughs> to die to that flesh, which is that yeah. human side. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you're asking questions that doesn't make it wrong. It no. means you struggle with the same thing every human struggles with, no matter what the struggle is. Can uh, I say something? Yeah. Surround yourself with people who have the same mindset as you. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Don't you gotta change your you gotta change your surroundings. You gotta you got don't just come out the closet, come out the house, come out of the neighborhood, come out of the city, come out of the state, and come into the light. Mm-hmm. You have to change you have you have to do a complete not a three sixty, but a whole one eighty. Change directions. I mean you gotta change your people because who you hang, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Mm. And who you hang around will determine, will, will partially determine the way you think, the, the way you act, mm-hmm. and the things you yeah. do. And so you want to you wanna get around people who are godly minded, who are spiritually minded, mm-hmm. and, who, and who can help propel, propel you and help you push you to the next level. Mm. Yeah, Proverbs says that don't be fooled yes, that sir. bad company will corrupt good morals. Amen. Everything we need to know is right in here. That's why Amen. in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be, but yes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the only way we can renew our mind is in the Word. When we come to the Lord and get forgiven of our sins, our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, are still mm-hmm. junked up. Yep. We gotta wash it in the word. The word washes us clean. Word, 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 word. And let me tell you, the Lord put that desire in me from straight off. I didn't do nothing but getting that word. Amen. Years, no TV, nothing. Mm. A lot of truth. There. <laughs> All right, wow. so uh, we're gonna make our way around the table for last words. If anybody, are you have anything to add, Daniel? Before we quit. All right. So uh, we've had a good discussion. We're going on just that past an hour and a half. We may split the show. We don't. I don't know. It may just be the whole hour and a half. You can watch it as each one time you get a chance. But uh, Daniel, any last words for yeah, the audience? <clears throat> First of all, it doesn't matter if you're gay. Mm-hmm. God loves you. Yep. Yes. He loves you beyond what yeah. the person that you've slept with says. He loves you beyond anything that anybody has ever given you. He loves you more. For the mom of the homosexual son or the lesbian daughter, love them. You don't need to preach at them. Mm -hmm. Love them. Let the God in you be the God that they see. Love them and they will come back. They will. Church, This isn't a topic that needs to be taboo. This isn't a topic that we need to sweep under the rug because we might not get as big an offering if we talk about it. Hmm. Talk about it. You might get more people in your church. Mm -hmm. If you are out there and you're struggling, um, I know that Trenton will put the name of and the number of the church or me or any of the three of us. We love you. And we want to help you. If I can help you in any way, I know if Lisa, I know that if we will all help you in any way that we can. Go ahead and throw Restored Warriors out there since you're saying that. Yes. Go ahead and throw it. Hit on it a little bit today. Um, So go ahead and throw it out. Absolutely. That's right. I was founder of Restored Warriors. Restored Warriors is for uh, men that struggle with pornography addiction. 
And uh, if you are one of those that is struggling, whether you're gay, straight, purple, pink, or blue, yeah, amen. Um, if you have a pornography addiction, uh, look us up. It's restoredwarriors.org. Give me a call. I'm there to help you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Devin, last words? I would have I would given them. We already gave him Lisa. He's preached his <laughs> Lisa, what you got? I just want to reiterate your love, like we've all said. That's the most important thing. I mean, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the greatest gift. The greatest gift is love. We can preach all day long. We can do prophesy, lay hands on you. But if we don't have love, it means nothing. That's right. Mm. It says, the goodness of God draws men to repentance. It doesn't say the wrath of God draws men to repentance. It doesn't say threatening you with hell is going to draw you to repentance. It's God's goodness. He loves you. Mm. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to draw you to him. And he knows the only way to draw you to him is to show you who you really are and who he really is. And that's another thing I want to hit on. Don't believe what other people say about him. I was believed... I was told all kinds of things. God's going to get you if you do this. God's going to get you if you do that. I had this whole concept of this horrible God up there that didn't love me and was waiting for me to do something wrong, didn't protect me when I was a kid, when I was being abused, and it was such a lie. That is not who God is. It's not who he is. Restored warriors. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. And if you're looking for some like-minded people, maybe some in your area, you can check out nextlevelunity.net. Um, it's a website, Restored Warriors link to their page is on there. Amen. Also, we've got local churches. Uh, it's a website we're going to do a lot more with later. Right now, there's links to different churches we're affiliated with that you can click on the link and it'll take you to their Facebook page or their website or whatever that is that they use to get their word out there. Uh, or you can check out nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. Um, we are always there willing to help. Or you can check out any of our messages and see what we going on got going on at the church. Um, Oh, he's got one yes, more. Go for amen. it. As our pastor, okay, mm-hmm. lead the people that may be struggling mm-hmm. into, we've all said, we've talked about the, you are one simple request away. Mm-hmm. Lead them in the prayer to come to that point of repentance. Yeah. And go amen. Amen. So if you're out there and you're struggling with anything we've talked about, maybe there's another struggle we didn't talk about that you're struggling with. And you're thinking, well, they can't be talking about me. But actually, we are. Any struggle you've got in your life, if it's not godly, and if it doesn't put off love, the Bible tells us God is love and God is light. So if it's neither one of those two things, then there's something going on. And here's how I know you've got sin in your life. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that tells me, me... And everyone at this table and anyone out there, we've all got sin. We've all got sin we got to deal with. But the yeah. good news is that your journey can start right now. And it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And it's really easy. All you have to do is ask. I'm going to go through a prayer, but it really isn't about what I say. It's about what you say in your heart. It's about believing he died on the cross. It's about believing he rose again yes. on the third day to become victorious over death so that you could live. It's about receiving him into your heart. That's really what it's about. It's not about certain words. Salvation is not a prayer. It's a lifestyle. Yes. So it doesn't Amen. stop when you say some words. It's how are you living tomorrow. Yeah. 
after we're done with this prayer today. But you just simply ask. You say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know, I know I'm, I'm a sinner. sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day. I believe you rose on the third day. Becoming victorious over death. Becoming victorious over death. That I might live. That I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out. From here on out. I want to live my life. I want to live my life for you. For you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Woo! Welcome to the family. If you prayed it, you meant it from the bottom of your heart. I'm here to say congratulations, like he just said. Welcome, welcome, guys. I'll even give you some next steps. The Bible says you need to get baptized. Yes. Jesus got baptized. He was giving us a direction. So, yeah, you need to find you a good church home wherever that's at. If you want to find Next Level Freedom Church, we are located currently during this recording at 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. The zip code is 63755. If you want to join us on a Sunday morning, we are there at 10 a.m., on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we are here twice a week. We would love to have you come. We would yes. love to pray with you about yes. whatever needs we have or you have going on in your life. Yeah. And we do take the time to pray here at the church. Yes, and Devin do. and Lisa are part of the church. Daniel's people. a member of a different church, but they they know that we take the time to yes, pray. We that's do. what we're about. We're a praying mm-hmm. church, yes. and really that's what it's about. So if you need a family, you can join us but or join any local church. I don't know where you're at tuning online. You can be anywhere in the world. So just find a local body, one that is truly mm-hmm. discipling people, mm-hmm. making yeah. disciples, right. and that's speaking right. the gospel truth, which is Jesus. Yes. So, and that's it. So, uh, and then get yourself baptized and then begin to grow in what God has for you. You need a Bible, hit us up, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I don't care where you're at in the world, we'll ship it to you. Yeah. We've got Bibles here that we keep for that. We can... Buy a Bible before you and send it to you. It doesn't matter. If you need a Bible, if you need a word, That's we would right. love to send that word to you. So any other thoughts? Anybody else? All right. I want to say thank you guys so much for joining with us. You've thank been with you. us a long time. Thanks for tuning in if you're still here. God bless you guys, and yes. we'll see you next time. We love you. Love you guys. God bless you. <laughs>